0: Hi everyone and welcome to Inside Life. This is Inside Life, a podcast where we talk about life, love, faith, family, business, finance, health. We talk about leadership. We talk about belief systems, culture. We talk about all the issues of life and how to handle them. I am your host, Nifesi, and thank you for joining me on this episode. On this episode, I have a, a very, very amazing guest. His name is Dr. Benjamin Erdi, and he is an organizational psychologist and best selling author of Willpower Doesn't Work. His blogs have been read by over 100 million people and are featured on Forbes, Fortune, CNBC, Cheddar, Big Think, and many others. He is a regular contributor to Psychology Today, and from 2015 to 2018, he was the number one writer in the world on Medium.com. He and his wife, Lauren, adopted three children through the foster system in February 2018, and one month later, Lauren became pregnant with twins who were born in December of 2018. They live in Orlando in the united states of america i really had a great time speaking with dr benjamin on this book because i read the book personality isn't permanent and i must tell you it's a life transforming book i had to um give an interview with him on this book for 30 minutes initially but when i read the book i realized It is something that contains so many powerful truths that will change our lives and we could listen to it for so much more. So join me as I interview Dr. Benjamin Ardy on this book, Personality Isn't Permanent. Trust me, you're in for the ride of your life. loved it that was why i had to reschedule our interview for one hour instead of 30 minutes because I, I and i and i believe that 30 minutes would not do it justice it is something that everybody out there you know i really really did love for. thank you
1: thank you so much i'm so grateful you enjoyed it
0: yeah okay so i'd like to start right away first yep. my first yeah my first question is, yeah, I'm so sorry. Before I start, I like to interact with people. I read about your children, your foster children, your wife and your twins. How are they doing?
1: Everyone's really good. Yeah, we've been good. My wife's actually pregnant again, so we're going to have a wow, sick baby.
0: Wow, wow, wow. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah,
1: that's thank great. you.
0: Congratulations. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, but our our kids are doing really well. Our oldest three uh, are 12, 10, and 8. And they're doing wow. very good with the quarantine and with homeschool. And we we get them doing sports and playing with friends and stuff. And then our, our two twins are pretty much 18 months old. And so they're doing swimming lessons and just running around and playing and learning how to talk. And so, yeah, everything's, everything's yeah. going really good. Everything's good. Oh,
0: that's great to hear. That's really great. That's really, really great. Well done. Well done. Thank you.
1: (laughs) We're learning, we're learning and adjusting.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. We do that every day. Like that's what we continue to do every day of our lives. We keep on learning. It never stops.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So my first question about the book, personality is impermanent. What led to the writing of this book? Why did you write the book?
1: Hmm. Well, a lot of things led me to finally writing this book. but So I had gone through a lot of change in my own life. You know, I, I came from a traumatic background. My father was a drug addict and I went I went through a lot of trauma as a young boy. And then I decided to go on a church mission and I totally changed my life. I put myself in a new environment, a new role. I had a new identity. I was a missionary now, I was serving people and I had good leaders that helped me. And so my life changed so much over two years uh, doing that experience. So that, that led me to wanting to study psychology. And that was, I got home from that experience 10 years ago. And um, so that was, that was huge for me. And that, but as far as why I specifically wrote this book, Personality Isn't Permanent, um, I I think the major thing that really got me onto the subject. Okay. So I, I wrote, in, in Willpower Doesn't Work, which is the book I wrote before that, I actually explained a concept. I, I, I I wrote in that book that your behavior is not shaped by your personality but your personality is shaped by your behavior. That was something I had written in that book and I'd thought about it because I was learning some new science such as you know how your behavior shapes your identity and things like that. But when I read the book The Body Keeps the Score. Have wow. you heard of that one?
0: No. The yeah, so when I read I read that book. And that book I is
1: haven't. the that book is the definitive book on trauma and it's a very good book it's very intense very kind Who's of the author?
0: Uh,
1: his name is Bessel van der Kolk kind of a weird name but the book is called the body keeps the score and when oh, I read that book yeah that book is a good book it's very intense though you know if you're if your readers or listeners want to really more fully understand trauma that is the book to learn you know but um, yeah, yeah. when I read that book I was actually trying to figure out how trauma shapes addiction, how you know unresolved trauma leads people to becoming addicted to various things. But the thing that got me really interested was how much he talked about how trauma shapes personality, how it freezes your personality, it leads you to becoming stuck in the past, Um, lead it shatters your imagination and your hope in the future, which are so important. And so that book really pushed me over the edge, and I was just like, okay, I want to, I want to write a book about personality and about because I had studied psychology for so many years I just wanted to I wanted to explain the myths and about what's true and about how it can change and how it gets stuck and and so I just felt like the book needed to be written since it didn't exist
0: Mm. yeah that's that's great that's great so personality what is personality I want you to tell us what personality is and what personality is not I think we should start from there before people know if it is permanent or it is not, I think they should know what it is and what it is not.
1: Absolutely. So what it is is it, it is your your consistent attitudes and behaviors, and so mm. you
0: consistent know attitude and behaviors.
1: Yeah, it's how you consistently show up. You know, um, but. I'm, I'm different consistently to now than I was different consistently three or four years ago, you know? And sometimes we go through funks, yes. right? Sometimes, yes. sometimes we go through phases where we're just struggling, right? And we kind of, we go through a funk for maybe a year or two. And so like, you know, what's consistent today may be different from what was consistent three or four years ago. Um, mm. So anyways, what it is not is and, and real quick I'll, I'll, before I say what it's not because we're still talking about what it is yeah. I want to first I need to help people realize that identity and personality are two different things okay so your that, identity that, your, your, yeah, your identity is actually your identity is actually way more important okay so your identity is how you define and describe yourself
0: mm.
1: so if yeah. I were to call, if I were to tell you that I'm an introvert even hey. though we may think that that's personality, what I'm actually explaining is my identity, because I'm telling you how I see myself. I am an X, or you know, I'm I'm a happy person. I'm a I'm 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 good at sports. These are all just okay. me 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 describing to you how I see myself, and right. it's really interesting because people often have very limiting stories about themselves. You know, I'm how not very creative, or I'm not good at names, I'm not very good at X, Y, and Z. Like people's identities are very. But your identity, how you define and describe yourself, that is the thing that dictates your behavior. And most okay. people, their identity is based on the past. They tell stories about who they've been in the past. And so their behavior is consistent with who they've been in the past. Wow. Rather, than, rather than telling people about who you want to be in the future. You want to be, yes. So yes. your identity should be the thing, your your identity drives your behavior, but people often don't think very much about how they describe themselves and define itself. themselves. So your yes. identity is the thing that shapes your behavior and your behavior over time becomes your personality. So that's the wow. truth.
0: Your identity shapes your behavior and your behavior over time becomes your personality. That's, yes. that's, that, I think that should be a quote. Yeah.
1: <laughs> your identity. Yeah
0: shapes your behavior and your behavior over time becomes your personality
1: that is it that is it and that is why you actually that's actually why you don't want your identity to be based in the past you want your identity to be based on your desired future Mm. the person you want to be which is the person you you uh, envision yourself to become you know you want to think about who do i want to be in the future and you got to really think about who that person is and it's really important to view your future self as a different person. They're not the same person you are today. They're gonna to be in a different situation. They're gonna have different perspectives. They're gonna be more mature. Might you know, they might be in a totally different place than you, yeah, and so you don't wanna be evolving. so, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. you keep evolving, you keep evolving. Yeah.
1: So,
0: um, you've not told us what it is, no, you've told us what it is, but. Not yeah. I will
1: now tell you what it's not so personality yeah. is not hardwired it's not who you it's not something that you're born with and that you die with yes we are all born with a personality um, but that personality doesn't stay the same a lot of people think your personality mm-hmm. is innate and it doesn't it change throughout your life but the Wrong. research which I show in the book shows that your personality changes over the course of your life no matter what like, life changes you, and your personality and okay. how you show up consistently changes over time. You know, I'm quite different than who I was even three or four years ago, in yeah. many ways. And so, it's it's not hardwired, it's not innate, it's not unchangeable, it's not something you discover. A lot of people think that they have to discover or find mm-hmm. their true self. Mm-hmm. And so, because people think that they need to find themselves, They believe that once they finally do find who they really are, then they can then, you know, once they've discovered their true self, they can then find that perfect job. They can find that perfect soulmate. They can fit life to them perfectly.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Thank you so much. Um my next question. Um it's um it's about personality. And then i also want you to give us a relationship what is the relationship between personality and temperament because i was thinking personality temperament you're an introvert most people think introverts are cholerics or melancholics or phlegmatics what's the relationship is there a relationship between personality and temperament
1: I think that temperament is a little bit more short-term. You can have a temperament for a period of time, right? Okay. But you can change your temperament as well, right? Okay. You can also okay. change personality. I think that they're very similar concepts. Uh, I think that I, I don't, I'm not sure how different they actually are. Um,
0: okay.
1: I think personality is a little bit more broad. Temperament is kind of, almost more, it, to me it feels more on the emotional side right yeah. where it's just kind of how you feel and how you you know but they're very similar i, I would say that they're 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 more similar than they're not they're, they're very close concepts
0: so you think they're most similar than they're different
1: they're mostly they're mostly the same thing
0: okay okay so um why are personality tests like maya briggs um, and Enneagram on scientific.
1: Yep. Um, well, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, first off, it's really important to realize there's no such thing as a personality type. Most of the popular personality tests are type-based, meaning that they give you a, a type, like you're a, you know, like the color code is a test I took and it gave me one of four types, you know, like I'm a blue or I'm a white. Um, there's no such thing as a personality type. Like, even the Myers-Briggs that gives you a type where you're like an ENTJ or something, like, there's just no, that's just not a real accurate way of looking at personality. Like, there's no such thing as a personality type. Personality is actually more of a spectrum, um, you know? So, one of the big problems with those tests is, and all of my professors, by the way, told me this when I was getting my PhD, that, okay. you know, type-based tests are just bad science. And one of the reasons they're really bad science is because of how the tests are constructed. So not only is there no such thing as a personality type, and the reason there's not personality types is because, you know, who you are is more based on context. Uh, Personality types that give you just one score, they make you think that that score is always accurate when that score changes over time, but it also is not the same in various situations. You know, in some situations you may be more you, you know you may need more personal time in other situations you may really want to be around people around some people you may be really excited around some people you might be turned off so like even at work yeah. you're going to be different than you know yeah. at work you might be a and little then different than you're you are with at a your party.
0: family
1: yeah yeah the,
0: the you different from the way you are when you're with your family because
1: yeah yeah so those tests actually are are more like if you were to watch a person throughout a day throughout a full day, you would actually see many different sides of that person. But these tests make you think that there's just one way to be. Wait, and it that's it's not, That's yeah, it's just not true. Those tests actually, they really shape people's identity. Again, identity and personality yes. are very different, but these yes. tests, they shape their yes. identity.
0: Yes, because I've seen a lot of people say, I'm an introvert, so I don't think this is for me. Okay, I, I, I really can't do this because I just like to be with myself and all. I think, I, so I don't think I want to do this. I, I really think the identity, an, in, an individual's identity, shapes their definition of themselves and it shapes what they can or they cannot do. It limits their potential and their abilities. Even if you they have capacity right. to do something, they would not go ahead to do it because they already have an identity about themselves. So that that's what I think.
1: Yeah. So I. Yeah, I think you're right. So those tests, actually, I think that they should be called identity tests, not personality tests, <laughs> because they they give you an identity, and that identity then becomes your your way of describing yourself, and it limits your potential.
0: Limits exactly. It becomes an hindrance to you. So I'd like from some of the examples that you gave in the first chapter of your book, of the manuscript of the book because I haven't gotten the book yet, so I'm still expecting my free copy.
1: <laughs> we'll get but, you one. You'll just have to send Connie your address and we'll send you a hardcover.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. So from some of the examples you gave in the first chapter of the manuscript, examples um, about Vanessa O'Brien and Max Stoker. Um, I saw that their circumstances and their experiences brought them to a point in their lives where they had to question all that they knew about themselves and their past behavior. So, will it be right to say that circumstances and experiences shape people's personality?
1: Um, so, would it be accurate to say what shapes personality? Experiences and what?
0: Circumstances. Their circumstances.
1: Is it subconscious?
0: No, no, I meant circumstances, as in the... Oh,
1: circumstances. circumstances.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, circumstances, yes. And and experiences, yes. Yeah, yeah. So with Vanessa O'Brien as an example, she was very much driven to be a winner. You know, she was... Vanessa, I, I recommend people look up a Vanessa O'Brien because her story is so great, but... yeah you know she was someone who was very career driven she was in the financial industry and she was like just go 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 like that was the only thing she cared about and that was the only part of her identity to be honest with you was a career driven woman she didn't really have any other sides of her identity and then when the stock market crashed in 2008, 2008 she was like it it was it just blew her up it made her it forced her to look and kinda, kind of kind you know, rethink herself you know and then over the last over the last ten years, she's been becoming one of the most famous rock climbers in the world because she decided to reinvent herself and try something new because she wanted to be stretched. And yeah, so so that circumstance of the stock market crashing is what led her to introspect who she who she was and who she wanted to be, and she decided to make new decisions. So yeah, and then Tucker Max was similar, you know, you know, and, and a big part of both of their stories is that they went through big failures which really lessen their ego yeah exactly
0: exactly exactly
1: ego is a big part of identity ego is a big part of identity because if someone says I'm an introvert then they can have a big ego around that where they don't have to try something and fail you know if you're trying if you're working towards a future self and you're trying big goals you're gonna fail a lot but if you just say this is who I am then you don't have to fail you can just say yeah this is who I am and it it can be a big ego
0: oh yeah and the thing is people should learn not to be afraid to fail because I believe that that that's that's the reason why I I wouldn't want to try something okay because okay I think I'm an introvert and I know that if I should try to be a journalist I know I might fail at doing that because of an identity that I have given myself so there shouldn't be a fear of failure because Failure is just like an experiment. If it works, fine. If it doesn't, you try again. That's, that's the way I believe people should see it.
1: Failure is definitely how you learn. It's definitely a very positive experience for learning if you, if you choose to let it be that way. I mean, I, I think, you know, failure... If you're not experiencing failure in your life, then you're definitely not learning. I mean, for example, wow. when kids are learning how to... Well, wow. think about it, if, if kids are walking, like, they don't yeah. just immediately start walking, they fall exactly. a lot. Like our,
0: our, exactly. Our little
1: girls are going through swimming lessons. Like, I failed a lot, by the way, writing this book. Like, and I, and I fail every day trying to launch it and trying to talk about it. And so like, if you're not failing, then you're not l- learning. You're not actively wow. pursuing something.
0: I, I love that. And I would like to re-emphasize that if you're not failing, then you're not learning or you're not actively pursuing something. So if you are not failing, I think you should check. You should check yourself again. And there's something wrong. There's something wrong.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: okay, I would like to go on. On page forty-five of the manuscript, you talked about the fluidity of the human memory and its ability to change as an individual evolves. So I would like to ask: Does the memory change in perception or in reality? Because I, I wasn't so sure about that when I read that, when you said the memory changes and that the memory is fluid And you said, so I want to know, does it change based on the individual's perception or does it change in reality?
1: Well, that's actually a really good question because our perception is what shapes our reality. And so you have a different view of reality than I have, right? Yeah. And if something happens, we both have different views of it. You know, there is no single way to view it, right? So there is no single objective factual reality. We all, there are events that occurred, yes, but you will never have an objective view of it. So when you're saying reality, what you're mostly talking about is perception. Because we all see something differently. Um, But that is, you know, but just as an example. So, when I was 16 years old, I got in a car accident, right? Okay. I'm not pretending that the car accident didn't happen. So, that's, okay. that's an event. That's, I think, what you're calling reality, is you're saying that it actually happened. Yeah. I agree fully. Thanks but my, my, my view of it changes all the time. Um, okay. And there's a lot of things that happen that are out there in reality that you're completely unaware of, right? Okay. And so... Yeah, this is mostly about changing our perspective about how things happen and changing the meaning we gave to those experiences. You know, like I could view, you know, just as an example, that car accident or even last week when I failed like I gave a speech and I gave it I did a terrible job like to a group hey, of people wow. that really mattered to me. No, really. And and but but here's the thing. What's the reality? Did I actually give a bad speech or was that from my perspective
0: okay yeah yeah that's a question
1: because i I don't think it really was that bad of a speech could it have been better yes yes. But, but that's also just a perspective
0: okay 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 wow wow okay
1: and also i viewed it as a failure because it didn't go as well as i wanted it to And so I felt really embarrassed. I was so embarrassed after the talk that it was almost a trauma where I was almost like, I need to leave this group. Like I'm this, you know, I was just so caught up in my emotions. And then I was able to reframe it and you reframe it by getting it out of your head. So there's a quote from Victor Frankl. He says, emotions cease to be suffering when you give it a clear picture. Wow! and how do, you, how do you give it a clear picture you give it a clear picture by turning it into words and turning it into a story so I wrote okay. about what happened I wrote about okay. it so that I was no longer just talking it so, so that I was no longer just feeling embarrassment but so that I could explain it here's why I felt embarrassed and here's why I'm feeling so upset about this so I wrote it down in my journal and then I started talking about it to the people in the group and to other people and once you have a picture of it you can start changing it you can start saying you know, maybe it's not that big a deal or maybe actually you did a good job or maybe this is exactly what you needed to learn what you need to learn. So like you get to choose the meaning of something once you have a story. But if it's just inside your body and if it's just feeling of embarrassment, you can't understand it. You can't change it, really. You need to get it out and turn into something. You need to turn into a picture, a story, words, and you need to s- describe it. And then you can start to change how you feel about it, but ultimately, you have to make a choice about how you feel. you view it so last week it took about two or three days for me to get over my feelings and the only way i could do that is if i had i had to talk to people about it and write about it in my journal then ultimately i had to make a choice how do i want to view this experience and i decided proactively to say this was the best thing that could have happened to me that was my choice to view it that way i could have said that was horrible and blamed other people for it or i could have said this is exactly what i needed this that was the best failed talk i've ever given and it wasn't even a failure it was the best talk i've given up in that situation i'm really glad i tried yes it was kind of a failure but that's ultimately learning so that i can turn it so that i can grow in the future yeah you choose how you view former experiences
0: choose how you view former experiences you choose how you view former experiences wow thank you um my next question, you, you explained in your book that our past is not a determinant of our present or our future. So how do we explain people who have gone through trauma, such as se- sexual or emotional abuse, and are now living with mental health issues, such as a um, dissociative disorder? Um, I, I saw a video um, on Oprah, Oprah Winfrey's network I saw a video of a woman who was sexually abused when she was two years old and she ended up with in older years with dissociative identity disorder she had um, about 92 personalities are you with me yes she had about 92 personalities so uh, that that was something. So I was wondering because at that time, at the time I watched the video, I was reading your book. So I had a question on my mind: How do we explain that? How do people like this? How do we fit your explanation of um, our past not being a determinant of our future selves? How do we fit that into people who have experienced, who have had such kind of experiences, and they are going through mental issues? because of the experiences that they've had at some point in their lives well
1: so you so you got to remember a big part of my book is about how trauma shapes personality so right this person's obviously gone through a lot of trauma what my argument is is that your past certainly does not have to be the thing that's guiding your future this person who's gone through this hell and now has 92 personalities or whatnot they would have a lot of work that would be required for them to start to kind of build a singular self like a a version of themselves that they can comprehend you know they've gone through obviously a lot of pain right and there's a lot of confusion there what I'm saying and this is an extremely extreme case that you've brought up Um, so this person yes is very driven by their past Um, however in less extreme terms this person could also receive help and start to clear up the clutter of her past and start to make okay. different meanings of it, start to let go of certain traumas that have shaped her cra- you know, her her sh- sh- shifting personality. There's a reason she's so mi- mixed up and messed up it's because there's a lot of stuff from her past that's been unresolved and that she's still holding on to it in an emotional way. Okay. okay. Now there may be more to it in this case because this isn't obviously on like the extreme extreme scale Um, I I guarantee none of your listeners are experiencing anything like this Uh, they may be experiencing something similar which we can learn about but ultimately the goal for all of us is to address the past which takes huge courage right even this person with their 92 personalities they would probably need to write about this that they've got all these different versions of themselves because they they're not in touch with who they are right And then they would need to get help, you know, and obviously talking about it on Oprah may be one way of getting help, but becoming open about it and then ultimately choosing plans and stuff for the person they want to be and getting help and support through that process. Um, I believe that that person could get a lot of help. Um, They would need more help probably than someone just listening to this podcast. You know, we've all had traumas in our past that have really shaped and, you know, the goal is that the past is not the thing predicting the future but for many people that is the case uh and in a lot of ways all of us are that way in some regard you know a lot of us are limited by our past the goal of my book is to help people to address the past to heal it and then to ultimately choose their future self and let their future be the thing predicting their behavior but that's something that that's a transition that's a process. and that's something we can do that's something that I'm encouraging people to do you know like you have a future self you have someone you want to be I have a future self I know who I want to be in two to three years um I I know where I'm trying to get to and that that goal of mine is the thing that's ultimately driving me to make changes in my life like that goal is helping me to not only be a good entrepreneur and a good writer but it's also helping me to become a better father on a day-to-day basis so I'm and so the goal is is that your future self, the person you want to be, is the thing driving your behavior. But that takes work.
0: Yeah, it does. A lot of work. A lot of work. A lot of work. It
1: but it's worthwhile. You know, I mean, yes, you can either do that yes, work or you can yes. just keep repeating so this, the past for the rest has, of your
0: life. Yeah, about this, I, I, I remembered when I was, um, I was in what you would call junior high school. But from where I come from in Nigeria, it's what we call junior secondary school so um, after that point I used to love mathematics when I was in grade school what you would call grade school but in Nigeria we call it primary school so I really used to love mathematics and I came top of my class every time but when I got to junior high school I I had a teacher who taught mathematics but then whenever he came to class to teach mathematics he did not teach mathematics he came to class all the time to tell stories I heard stories all the time, so I just, every time we came to class, I lost interest, then I I chose not to concentrate anymore, I chose to do something else whenever I came to class, whenever I was in class, I was either sleeping or talking or just doing something else that made me, and I hated mathematics, so I failed in mathematics, so I hated mathematics, right up to my senior high school, right up to high school rather, and I needed to go into the university or college and I had to, I had to know, I had to pass mathematics in order to um, study counseling. I studied counseling. So I had to pass mathematics and it was, it was a battle for me. Um, it wasn't until I decided that I needed to face it that I got people who could help me face it. That was when I passed. So it took me sleepless nights. I had to make a lot of sacrifices. I I stopped going to some places that I did not need to go because I knew I needed to give mathematics my all, my time, everything that I needed to do. That. So I think I, I passed when I had to write the exam. I passed and I went to college and I'm housed. So that's just, that's, I, I know that it, it takes a lot of work. To I really, think it's a
1: beautiful story. It, yeah, of course yeah. it takes work. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's actually one of the big points of the book is that it takes work to become the person you want to be, but the major common views of personality is is that you are who you are. You don't have to have it, you, you, you know, the common view is just to say either you were born at math or you're not, you know, and if you're not, then good luck, but if you are, then it's not, you know, but what I'm, but, and, and even personality tests, they say you don't have to work for it, we'll just give you your personality, we'll just tell it to you, we'll give you a score. And that's, oh. that's not how you develop skills. That's not how you become good at things. So that's not how exactly. you build yourself.
0: Okay. 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 Because I, I, that was the definition I gave myself. I just told myself, okay, you're not good at mathematics and you can never do anything that has to do with mathematics. So I realized that that wasn't true. If I decide to do something, that if I decide to do something, provided that I face it, I'm going to get it done. But if I don't want to do it, I wouldn't do it. So I think we need to learn that it's the choices that we make, not the identity that, we, that society gives us, or that some test or some scores gives us that, that helps us to define ourselves. So I, I would like to go on to the next question that I have here. Um, what are the most effective ways to make radical changes in your life?
1: Yes. Aside from being very courageous and, and talking about your past and your traumas and your pain, and then ultimately getting help, choosing better meanings, choosing a better view. And that's a process. Aside from doing that, which we all need to do, and it's an ongoing process, you don't just do it once. You get better and better at being honest about what you've gone through, who you've been, and then ultimately choosing how you view it. We've already talked about that. Aside from all that, which is crucial in an ongoing process, um, you need to get really clear on who your future self is, and that's a choice. Again, you got it's it's your choice to dis- to to get take the time to get clear on the person you want to be, and to make the decision about who you want to be. You know, so I would invite people to clarify their future self. That then helps you to have a better sense of an identity rather than having an identity based on a personality test or based on a story from your past, you actually want your identity to be based on your future self, the person you genuinely want to be. Um, And once you've clarified who your future self is, let's just say, you know, and you could have your future self be, you know, that's there's many different versions of your future self. You could, if you're someone who's spiritual or religious, you could think about your future self in terms of who you are after this life. You could think about your future self when you die. You could think about your future self in five years from now. You know, there's different versions yeah. of your future self.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I think the first thing you mentioned was to clarify your future self. Clarify what you want for yourself. That's one. Who you
1: want? Who you want to be? Once you've once you've clarified your future self, and I actually recommend a three-year period. You know, like, you know, who do you want to be in three years from now? And 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 um, obviously, throughout the book, I provide like literally hundreds of journal prompts. But
0: yeah, yes,
1: you do yeah yeah so basically you know defining what who you are what you're up to what you're doing um how you're spending your time what you're focused on what matters to you in the future you know what your circumstances are how much money you're making who you who, who are you in a relationship with what are those relationships like what kind of how do you show up in those relationships what is your day like um just defining your future self so for me as an example when i was you know three or four like four four or five years ago now Uh, I was first starting into my PhD program and I was thinking I really wanted to become a professional writer. And so I had, I was thinking about who's future me. You know, I wanted to be, I just was, we just barely got three foster kids and I was thinking I wanted to be a professional writer. I wanted to have a flexible schedule. I wanted to be making at least six figures so I could provide for my family. I wanted to be spending my time reading and thinking, but also having great conversations and learning and meeting people like you. And so like, I was clarifying my future self. And so, after, so the next step, after you've clarified your future self, is to begin telling people about who you want to be. Okay. It's a lot easier to just say, I am an introvert, or I am X, I am this. Rather than defining your present self, which can actually lead to a fixed mindset, what you want to do is you want to define your future self. Tell people about your goals. Tell people about what you're trying to accomplish. Um, why this is so powerful is, first off, it's you being very honest about who you want to be. That's powerful. Also, it allows you to believe yourself more because when you start telling people about who you want to be, you start to believe it more. You start to hear yourself say, I want to be an entrepreneur or I want to get married or I want to overcome my addiction. Like telling people about who you want to be in the future is really powerful. It also helps- Sorry, can, pe- I,
0: can I interrupt?
1: You yeah, there? yeah. Uh,
0: tell, telling people about telling people are there some sort of people you should talk to? Or do you just tell everybody?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm I'm of the opinion that as you evolve, you stop having to hide it from anyone. The reason why people say you shouldn't tell everyone is because some people will give you critical feedback. Some people will try to okay. discourage you, right? Exactly. But I think Exactly. Yeah, but I, so I think obviously in the beginning, while you're building your confidence and your courage, you might just tell people you know who support you or people who will help you but over time you get you stop trying to live two lives you stop trying to show up consistently one way while trying to become another person and instead you just say this is who i am like this is who i'm going this is who i'm going and if people discourage you, you say okay that's your opinion i don't care like if you you know well, people, if, they, if they discourage you they probably shouldn't be in your circle right like yeah exactly so i think the more confident you become. And the more connected you become with your future self, the less worried you are about what other people think.
0: Yeah, oh, I love that. The more, the more you connect with your future self, the more confidence that you gain, the less concern, the less interested you are about what people think. So I interrupted you, you were on your second point.
1: Yeah, it's just this, you're beautiful, you're amazing. I, I think I th- it's, it's good you interrupted me because you brought mm-hmm. out some really important things for people. Yeah. yeah, it takes a lot of courage and maybe in the beginning you should just tell people who you know will encourage you or maybe mentors or maybe a therapist if you need, you know, if you're someone who's okay. been stuck in addictions or something like, I had to go to a therapist, by the way, I've, done, I've been, me and my wife have done therapy, I mean, you know, this might not be required for you, but it, it could be helpful, okay. like, for a long time I was stuck because I had a lot of traumas myself. And you know what, we're all stuck in some way or another, um, mm-hmm. even now. There's many aspects of my life that are stuck and could be moved forward and that I need to then get clear on my future self and then have the courage to open up about what I want to... But anyways, once you start telling people about your goals, then you start to believe it more. Then you start to become more serious about it. Another big thing is investing in your future self. What I mean by investing is investing in education and learning, you know, like... (laughs) investing your time and investing your attention like when I started going to therapy as an example back when I was in college this is just okay. one example but okay. I was having a hard time emotionally connecting to the girls that I was dating I really wanted okay. to get married but I just was not the girls I was dating and I figured maybe that has something to do with my parents divorce and all the tra- okay. past. So I started going to therapy and talking about this. And ultimately, you know, by going through that process, I was able to clarify to myself mostly that I really did want to get married now, that I was serious about finding the person I want to get married to, and that I was going to become courageous enough to become more emotionally open. Now, I could have probably figured that out on my own, but a lot of it had to do with me saying that I was stuck. And then Openly talking. All therapy is is talking about. I mean, there's multiple methods, so I won't say all therapy, but a lot of therapy is just being open and honest about what's going on, and then being open and honest about what you really want, and then making a plan about becoming courageous enough to execute that plan. And so by telling people about what you want and saying this is where I want to go, and this is why I've been stuck, but I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to be, I'm serious about this, and I'm committed to this then you can start moving in that direction. And then you yeah. can start investing in experiences, you know, investing in learning and, you know, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I think when you start investing money into your goals, whatever that goal is, you start to become very committed to it. And then obviously when you want to remove the uh, the things in your life and your, your environment, in your situation that are holding you back.
0: Okay, okay. That's, that's absolutely correct. Because I realize sometimes When it comes to finance you you keep a lot of money for yourself okay you're thinking i want to save up this money save up this money save up this money for this for this for that and at the end of the day you realize you were just saving up money for nothing so this is one thing my uncle one of my uncles taught me he said if you have this money and you know that you can invest it into something for your future you can invest it into you know maybe you have let's say ten thousand okay let's say a thousand dollars and you know there is a particular cost you should take that can take you to the next level where you think you should be for your future self it's better that you invest that money into that cost than just keeping it aside saving it up because if you save money sometimes you know the money loses value the longer it stays in the bank but when you invest it into something into knowledge maybe you invest it into get, getting a tool for yourself you invest it that tool or the knowledge that you gain will never lose value in fact it multiplies in value once you acquire it because it helps you to generate more it helps you it increases your productivity and efficiency so i think that it's important that we invest in ourselves it is important that we invest in our future self thank you so much
1: Yeah, an investment, by the way, means that you're acting as if your future self really matters and that you're putting stock in your future self. And you're saying, rather than just living how I am, I'm actually going to put my money towards my future and towards my own education and towards my own experiences and towards my commitment toward my future. You're saying, I believe my future is bigger than my past and bigger than my present. And so I'm going to start putting my money into places that will help me create that bigger future.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, would that be all? That was the third point. I mean, there's
1: so many others. I mean, obviously you need to, I mean, I think having morning and evening routines, you know, writing about your future self in your journal, it's an ongoing process. You never stop journaling. You know, journaling is such a huge one. You know, journaling is an easy way to, you know, when you have an emotional experience, you know, and you will, if you're pursuing a future self, if you're pursuing goals, you're gonna have hard days. You're gonna have failures and those failures will be emotionally painful and so you need or even just sometimes you'll just be burned out or sometimes you'll be excited sometimes but just regularly writing about your life and writing about your experiences and writing about your goals and your future self particularly in a in a really nice environment you know you want to get yourself in an environment where there's no distractions i prefer first thing in the morning when your brain's most primed and just to write about your, your you know your goals and it really helps you to commit to those things and it helps you to you know, cement them into your identity so that you can believe that your future self is the true you. Um, yes. And then you need to take action. You know, you need to take action towards your yes. future self. In the book, I call yes. it Power Moves. Yes. You need to actually... Yes. The, the more behavior you have towards your future self, the more you'll upgrade your subconscious and the more you'll <laughs> believe at a deep down level that you are who you want to be. Your behavior actually solidifies your, your identity. So when you have a new story you start acting as that new version of you. You'll start to really believe it. And it'll really sink down deep. And it'll become who you really are. That's why your behavior over time. Shapes your personality. Yeah.
0: yeah. That. Thank you. Thank you so much. So um I think. We're already coming to the end. Of my questions. So I'd like you to tell us. I'd like you to tell somebody who is listening to us. Or we'll be listening um, to us. Two reasons why he or she should read the book. Just two reasons
1: why. You're awesome. By the way, it's fun to be with (laughs) you on your show. I I think you are absolutely lovely and amazing, and it's been such a pleasure. Uh, You're very great. Well, so yeah, I guess here are two reasons you should buy the book. One is is that. Most of the popular views about personality and about who you are are just dead wrong. You know they're very limiting. Most of the common wisdom about who you are and maybe how you've described yourself or how you've been taught to believe about yourself are are not only unscientific, they're also just they're they go against not only scientific but also spiritual principles. But also they're just wrong. They they lead you to getting stuck in the past. Um, and so if you're someone who wants to have a different future. your past even if you've had a great past then you should buy this book because this book will help you to let go of the past in a different way help you to not be the same person you were in the past there's actually a quote from condoleezza rice she said i firmly believe you should never be the former anything Uh, yeah
0: yes you said that that. i i read that in in the book you should never be a former anything and and i think you like that yes i loved it I love this. You should never be a former anything. Forgetting all those things that are beyond. I look forward to the things that I had.
1: Yeah, I exactly. I would encourage people. The book will give you all of the prompts and strategies and the science you need to clarify your future self, to make better decisions yeah. here and now, to yeah. become the person you want to be. I mean, it will take a lot of courage. it'll it'll require that you become more confident and flexible with your emotions but you can do those things
0: you can can do
1: those things and then you can have transformational experiences or what are called peak experiences more regularly and then you can become more confident so that you can have more options in your life so my encouragement is do it Uh, get the book change your life and and then watch as in two or three years from now your life is totally different and most of the people around you they may not go through as much change because you'll have learned how to do it and you'll become more flexible and confident and courageous. Yeah. You'll stop yeah. living so much in the past and you can start letting your future be the thing guiding your behavior.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's important. I really think that's important that we stop living in our past. You've been there, you've done that. There's a lot to look ahead for. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eddie. thank you. And I must confess, I really love the book and I'm going to recommend it to everyone that, that I know. Thank, thank you.
1: you so much. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining me. Thank you. And um, my regards to your beautiful wife and your children.
1: My regards to you and all the beautiful people in your life as well. You're amazing. You've got a beautiful soul. And uh, thank you for letting me be with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Too. I really appreciate you. Well done. Keep the great work going, Dr. Adi. Thank you.
1: Have a beautiful day.
0: And you too. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. And I trust that you found it helpful. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, your comment. You can leave me a message by clicking on the message icon on the screen. If you're listening to me via Anchor. All you need to do is sign in and you can drop me a voice message. That is great, right? I get to hear your voice just like you're hearing mine. Interesting. If you're also listening to me on Google, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or whatever platform it is that you're listening on, you can like this podcast, you can rate this podcast. You can drop a comment. You can also subscribe to this podcast. Yes. You can also drop me a message at inside life podcast at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from you. Never forget. You're a wonderful person. You're special. Do not forget to take the message of this podcast and influence change wherever you are because you are an agent of change and you have the ability to make sure that things work rightly wherever you find yourself. Do not forget to share with friends and family. Thank you for listening once again. I am Nifesi and this is Inside Life.